you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football, live here in New York City to complete your week. It's Friday, January 6th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Fantastic news yesterday about Tamar Hamlin Indeed. hospitalized in Cincinnati since Monday night. Still in critical condition, but making immense progress since sustaining a cardiac arrest in the game. Resuscitated, but he's on his way back, and we really, really loved hearing that news. The league also announced last night that the Week 17 Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed. There's a lot to talk about there, what it means as it pertains to Week 18 and beyond. The Buffalo Bills tweeting out yesterday. It's just a really simple message that put it all together for them. They're back at it, and they're doing it all for three. Of course, the Bills take on the Patriots this weekend. That's in the AFC. Let's jump to the NFC, Peter. What do you got? Yeah, I think if you look at the NFC playoff picture, there's a lot of things with the one seed. But I really want to focus with these three teams and how this will go down. I want to go from bottom to top because I think chronologically that's what it is. The Seahawks need to win to get the seventh seed. All right, If the Seahawks win... Then, then on, on Sunday night, all right, the Packers have the priority over the Seahawks and they would go to the playoffs, okay? If the Seahawks lose, all right, against the Rams, then suddenly it's a win and in, Packers and Lions. Mm-hmm. All three teams have incredible stories. Seahawks have to take care of their business. And then the Lions, of course, would be eliminated if the Seahawks win from playoff contention before that game even starts. So if you're watching on Sunday, Seahawks game is first. They beat the Rams. Lions are done. And then it's Seahawks or Packers. Mm -hmm. If the Seahawks lose to the Rams, which could happen, Bobby Wagner revenge game, then it's going to be wide open here. And it is a win and in true between the Lions Mm -hmm. and the Packers in Lambeau Field. That's how it's going to go down on Sunday. Mm. The Lions, Seahawks, Packers. Seventh seed opportunity. Um, there's a story behind each of these teams, though, Kyle. Which one intrigues you the most when you look at those three? Well, everybody likes to insult sequels these days. Mm. All sequels, superhero movies, sequels, sequels. We got a sequel that I really, really like, and uh, it is with the Packers, and it stars uh, Nicolas Cage in the role of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and the first installation came out back in 2016 when the Aaron Rodgers Packers were 4-6 and six and done and dead and just go to the offseason, and then Aaron Rodgers looked to the rest of the season and said this. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. I think uh, the offense is starting to click a little bit more. We just got to put together a game where we're consistent from the first snap to the last. I just feel like it just takes one. If we get one under our belts, things might start rolling for us, and we can run the table. Things started rolling. They rolled all the way to the playoffs, through the playoffs. I think we can run the table. That was his Nicolas Cage. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. And it happened. And now we have the sequel. In 2023, a 4-8 team who is now sitting here having run the table to finish the season again to come back, looking to get to the playoffs again. And here's the best part. In the 2016 run, in the original installment, 
in, the, in their run, Rodgers had 15 touchdowns and no picks. He turned into an Avenger. He carried the team. He said, I got this. <laughs> During this year's run, four touchdowns, two interceptions. It's not Aaron Rodgers playing Super Bowl. Matt Schneidman had this great take on this. It's the team. They got this kick returner, Keyshawn Nixon. Mason Crosby has not missed a single field goal. They have a ton of interceptions. Rodgers is a passenger on this. He's doing his thing, but it's not because I'm Aaron Rodgers get out of the way. It mm. is the team is better, and it's going to be a lot to handle. The sequel, very exciting. Last regular season game of the season that ended the sequel. Yes, Peter. Can I say something? Yes. Before the season, I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. All right? And it's not about me, but I think a lot of people did. And this was the version why. That it would be this defensive and effort game. and special yeah. teams. Yeah. And they're running. They're playing the way we thought they were going to play before the season. It took them four months it. to get there, and they're, they're doing, doing it at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing it, and it's going to be a tough beat, Jack. Yeah, there's something about the sequel that has to be different from the original to make it just right. as intriguing. Mm. And you just laid it That's all out right there. But I'm going with the Detroit Lions. They're, okay. they're, they're the story, story that I want to know about because I fell in love with them through Hard Knocks. I told you guys early on, this is the first year I'm sitting down and watching yeah. every episode of Hard Knocks, and I was all <laughs> balled in. And then they start out one and six, and it's just like, oh, I don't know, my goodness. Dan Campbell, he's on the hot seat. But there's always moments within the season that turn things around. And Detroit beat the Green Bay Packers earlier in the year, and this was the scene in the locker room afterwards. I told you Wednesday, man, I could smell something. You could smell something in the air, and you guys rallied. That ain't easy, man. That's not easy. That's a good win. <laughs> now, I don't know what the hell Dan Campbell smelled in the air, but he smells something, and it is still cooking because they were 1-6 at the time, and they finished out winning seven of their last nine. They have fired their DB coach, Aubrey Pleasant, that week, and he's a really good coach. Everybody said that, yep. but at that point, they needed to shake some things up, and they've been rolling ever since. That story from the Hard Knocks training camp to everything they went through, and Dan Campbell, men, I smell something. Yeah. And they found it and they won that game. Their story. Man, I love it. You know, in the last 50 years in the NFL, I consider myself an NFL historian of sorts. In the last 50 years, we have seen just about everything. We've seen an undefeated season from the Dolphins. We've seen winless seasons from the Lions and the Browns. Ugh. We've seen teams go from the six wild card spot to win a Super Bowl. We've seen a helmet catch. We've seen an immaculate reception. Yep. We've seen it all. In the last 50 years, we have not seen an NFL team go one and six and then make the playoffs. The last team to do it was 52 years ago. <laughs> The 1970 Bangles. Can we bring up some Bangles footage? Give me the music. We've got a team that was coached by Paul Brown. Paul Brown coached the 1970 Bengals. Virgil Carter was the quarterback. The running backs, Jess Phillips, Paul Robinson, Essex Johnson. How about the leading wide receivers? Bob Trumpy. You remember him from those NBC calls yeah. back in the day? He was a leading receiver with Chip Myers. Peter, imagine 50 years ago, and it was DeAndre Swift, and Amon Ross St. Brown was the receiver. Hey, I didn't even mention Lamar Parrish. Led the team with five interceptions. He'd be an eight-time Pro Bowl. But look, there was only a 14-game season. They started off one and six. They rattled off seven. <laughs> they won post. eight and six, and they made the playoffs. It's the look at take Paul Brown yeah. on your on your shoulders. It's a gorgeous hat. There you go. We love it. It hasn't been done. Mm. In 52 years, one and six to the playoffs. Yep. Your answer is the Detroit Lions. NFL history. We've never seen anything like this in the last half century. Lions, you need a little help. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need Bobby Wagner and those Rams to spoil the Seahawks. And then you got to finish the job in Lambeau. We haven't seen it done in 52 Let's years. Let's go. One and six to the playoffs. Let's go, boys. Packers, Lions, Lions. Yeah. I got to do my best Pete Carroll here. And yeah. You guys are trying to write them off. Yeah. They will not write you back because the Seahawks, no. this team, they are two and five over the last seven weeks. It's not pretty. 
It's not pretty for the Seahawks, which makes it even more beautiful if they make it to the playoffs. Mm. Here's, I fell in love with this team in Munich. And frankly, oh. Pete Carroll, he's having kind of a swan song moment this season. Trades away Russell Wilson in the offseason. Everyone is like, Coach, <laughs> Coach, you okay? What are you doing here, Coach? What's the plan? Is the plan to rebuild? It became this the Seattle Seahawks rebuild season. He just kind of laughed at everybody. He stayed up in his Pacific Northwest corner. He got Geno Smith right. He had a quarterback battle through training camp. Drew Locke got COVID, became the Geno Smith game. It felt like, I guess we'll do the Geno Smith thing. And then it was like, oh, we're doing the Geno Smith thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> Geno Smith has been on the ultimate revenge tour this season. Mm-hmm. Before he signed with the Seahawks, he played with the Jets, the Giants, and the Chargers. This season, he has beat the Jets, the Giants, and the Chargers. The Seahawks make it to the postseason. It would be the, such a sweet, beautiful story for a team that everyone was like, cool. Okay, good. They're in the Pacific Northwest. We don't really have to worry about them too much. Their games are always in the mid-afternoon. They're going up against our team. And Seahawks, everyone's like, watch us, the Seahawks said. Mm-hmm. Can't believe you guys just all went mm-hmm. with that game on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Seahawks could ruin that whole game on Sunday night. The Munich yeah, yeah. Seahawks. Them. Yeah. I know, the Munich Seahawks. Even though they lost. Incredible. Um, <laughs> coming up on Good Morning Football, Sean Payton is a friend of the show. He's a friend of Peter Schrager's in particular. Could he be eyeing a return to the gridiron? Mm-hmm. Peter Schrager, on his podcast. Hour-long convo with this guy, and he was quite honest about everything. Saints, Bucks. Brady, everything. Oh, yay. Break into it. Did you get into Paul Blart or no? We did not talk about All Kevin right. James playing him in a movie. Uh, maybe next time. Uh, this season with Peter Schrager. Bills and Chiefs fans may have to travel to a neutral site if their teams make it to the AFC title game. That'd be wild. We'll explain everything when we come back. Point toss. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football on a Friday. The games are coming. In the meantime, the positive news has been coming from Cincinnati, and that reflects, of course, on Western New York and Orchard Park, New York, where the Buffalo Bills play and where our guy Mike Giardi has been set up now really all week. Uh, Mike, we've been talking all morning uh, about the people who saved DeMar's life on the field. What can Sean McDermott, can you tell us about what he said about them? Well, it's very interesting, right, because I think, you know, fan bases, they look at their athletes and they say, that's my hero, that's my star, it's Josh Allen, it's Vaughn Miller, it's Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Stefan Diggs. Well, there are heroes among us at that game that no one knows their name, at least not until now, and Sean McDermott shedding some light on that yesterday. To give it context, to some extent, Denny is one of our assistant trainers, uh, Nate Bresky is our head trainer, and so... Just like anything else, that whole team, our medical team, they go through their exercise, uh, mock exercises for things like this. But we are never around to see that when they do that. And um, as they say, practice pays off, and, and it did in this case. But again, the context of it, for an assistant to find himself at that position and needing to take the action that he did and step up and take charge like he did, and there were others on the field as well, is nothing short of amazing. And the courage that that took, that is, you talk about a, a real leader, a real hero um, in saving DeMar's life. And 
just uh, admire his strength. And the Denny is Denny Kellington, who's an assistant trainer for the Bills, formerly the head football trainer at Syracuse University from 2005 to 2017. And I, I want to thank Deion Dawkins because he's one of the guys that shined light on Denny. He tweeted yesterday, let's praise the name in person for reviving our brother DeMar on the field. Denny gave CPR and chest compressions to get his heart back beating. And thank you to all the doctors and medical professionals that have helped save our teammates' life. Pretty, pretty awe-inspiring stuff and interesting to hear Sean talk about. You know, they do their drills just like we do, uh, and no one's watching. And the drills paid off an unbelievable amount. Pretty, pretty emotional stuff, pretty cool stuff. I know, guys, they don't want to do it, but they did it, and they did it in the most dire of circumstances and did it to perfection. They really did, and I understand there will be some moments uh, this weekend on Sunday to honor Den Denny Kellington and all the people who helped uh, with that terrible thing that happened. Mike Giardi, awful news on Monday Night Football, and you go right there to Western New York. It's not a fun assignment. It's not a warm assignment, but you've done fantastic with a very crucial assignment. Thank you all week for all the stuff awesome you've done. Work, Mike, Mike Giardi, you're the man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Mike. And now thank you, Will Selva. Will, it's the end of the week. It has been uh, yeah. a, a difficult yes. week, but we are ending with this tone of optimism. How are you feeling, and what are you reporting for us today? Yes. Well, I am doing well. Thank you very much for asking. And the tone right now is we're talking more football. There are some games ahead this weekend that we're keeping an eye on. Of course, the Philly game has a lot of importance. And because of that importance, all eyes are on the status of their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who was limited in practice. And his status is, at the moment, up in the air. Now, the Eagles have lost two straight they lose against the Giants this weekend. That means they would lose their grip on the number one seed in the NFC. Now his favorite target, or at least one of his favorite targets, A.J. Brown, telling reporters he thinks Hurst will be fine for Sunday's game, saying, quote, I'd probably say he's playing. Head coach Nick Sirianni saying Wednesday the Hurts is still considered day-to-day, -day, and they have not made a decision on his status for the game yet. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missing his 14th straight practice. Meanwhile, quarterback Tyler Huntley is also dealing with an injury to his right wrist and shoulder that limited him in practice Thursday. Now, if he can't go, coach uh, John Harbaugh saying he'll turn to rookie Anthony Brown out of Oregon to start on Sunday. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers hoping to complete their incredible comeback with the win over the Lions that would put them into the playoffs. But could it be Rodgers' last game at Lambeau? The Packers QB says he's still undecided about next season and doesn't know what the future holds. Rodgers also adding that he's had a lot of great memories at Lambeau and said that he will take the time after the, after the season to decide what his future holds or hold there, Peter. So at least we'll have something to look forward to, my friend. All of us. What's Rogers going to do? That's coming, <laughs> my friend. It's going to be the off-season. That's, That's coming. what we do in the off-season. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you what, Monday is the off-season for a lot of NFL teams, and this thing spins rapidly. One name you're going to hear a lot about on Monday is Sean Payton. This week on my podcast mm. for the NFL called The Season with Peter Schrager, I did an hour conversation yesterday, I recorded it, with Sean Payton, and we talked about everything. I asked him, is he coming with Brady somewhere? Uh, would he go back to the Saints? He was candid, he was open and honest, and this is his first season away from coaching in over a decade, and here's what he had to say about the possibility of returning, and the analogy he uses, pretty cool. Man, it's, it's, hard, to, um, it's hard to replace that drug of winning, though. 
mm-hmm. and that you know the the amount of work that goes into a game plan and with your players and coaches and as an organization everyone is working their tails off and then to enjoy that in a locker room celebration and, and you know we we tried to become the best at what we did winning and then we tried to celebrate better than anyone as well like you know with the <laughs> fancy speaker system and and but it's uh it's something and and so i i would describe if i was painting the perfect analogy relative yeah. to m- me coaching again it it's like there's this nascar racetrack about two blocks away from where i'm staying now with the lights on and i can hear the cars running around the track i can smell the gasoline and i can even hear the pa announcer and so like today I'll get out and I'll walk the dogs and I'll look over there. And I, I think there's, you just know at some point you're going to go back to that track, but you don't know when. Lots to unpack there. Um, so I'll just take it from here. Sean Payton's name's going to be everywhere from Denver to whether there's an opening in Carolina, if there's an opening in Houston, who knows? You're going to hear Sean Payton's name linked to every NFL team over the next few weeks. What he said there that he, he hears it. He knows he wants it. He's going to go back. Maybe not just yet. Kyle, your thoughts on the entire Sean Payton situation? Well, the, the race car track thing was amazing. That was perfect. And you getting him out of that and him being that comfortable with you was great. I mean, th- this guy said he could smell the gasoline of coaching. <laughs> it's very exciting. His stock's never been higher. He's like a complete rock yep. star. Mm-hmm. Listen, this next Monday on the show is, is not the happiest show in the sense that this is when a lot of the coaches are let go. And then... I feel like that, that guy's going to be the bell of the ball. With all due respect, Peter, to people like D'Amico Ryans and the Eric Bieniemy who are the up-and-comers, this is the guy right here. And it's just going to be a question of where and where and where. And for weeks and weeks and weeks, we said Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. We'll see what Dallas does in the playoffs. We'll see. I don't even think that's out of the question. <laughs> when I hearing him say the drug of winning and being in those lockers and knowing how much goes in to one game on a Sunday or Thursday, whatever day of the week. And he said it, celebrate. And how they did it in New Orleans while he was there with Mark Ingram and Kamar, all of those guys. You can't just leave that to the side. And I think, like you said, that analogy with him, with you guys on Fox every week, talking about the game and being so immersed in it but still not being on that sideline, it's calling him. It's just a matter of when he's going to go back. There's a hook to it, right? I just came off of eight years on the sideline. The last four was in, like, the best college football games. And I went to my first college football game as a fan this fall. (laughs) And I stood in Michigan Stadium and listening to Sean Payton talk just now, I honestly closed my eyes and I listened to him talk about that racetrack and that being there. I was very uncomfortable being in that stadium for the first half of that game as a fan. I felt strained. My eyes were darting around the stadium looking at the cameras, looking at the action, and it's hard to leave it. It's, it's Frankly, it's hard to be around it again. But then there's also the comfort and control of knowing that you get to decide when you go back to it. And I really commend him for just like, I can see it, I can smell it, I know it's there, and I know I have control. But mm-hmm. I'm, maybe I'm not just quite ready yet, but I just love the honesty. He easily could have been like, I see the racetrack, but... Yeah. That's it. I just love it. I yeah. loved it, Peter. Yeah, and real quickly, for the fans at home, the logistics of it, Peyton's still under contract for two years with the Saints. Sure. Okay? And if a player says, hey, I want to be traded, a lot of times the player's agent can go out and feel yeah. it. Coaching's different. A team will have to go first to New Orleans and talk with Mickey Loomis and the owners there in New Orleans, mm-hmm. get permission, and then Mickey's going to say, okay, now we'll talk trade compensation, and then you can speak with him. Mm. But it's going to have to take draft picks, and it's going to have to take patience in negotiating with mm. New Orleans. It's going to be an expensive, expensive hire if you go for Sean Payton. Mm. Mm. That's so, that's so great. The, the season, Peter Schrager. Take a listen on anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you. Coming up, 
Bills Mafia, get ready. This guy's coming on. Buffalo Ooh. legend and Hall of Fame wide receiver Andre Reed sits down to join us next. Friend of the show. I like the football cascading right by a Marlboro sign in the stadium. That was back in the day. It was different, wasn't it, Jamie? It really was. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! Hey, everybody. We're doing a little trivia here. Enjoy. Uh, I mentioned it yesterday. Very quietly, Patrick Mahomes is... One huge game away from being the all-time single-season passing record. I know that sounds nuts, but if he has a 430-yard day, and he's had five 400-yard days in his career, Mm -hmm. he passes Peyton Manning's 2013 (laughs) record for passing yards in a season. Now I know Manning did it in 16 games, and Mahomes will do it in 17 games. Hey, he can't control how many games they play. So we thought we would do a little trivia about Patrick Mahomes, his passing right. yards, and the history of passing yard leaders in NFL season. Are right. we good with that? Yeah. Let's do it. yeah. Jason, let's start with you. Mahomes, like I said, needs that number to break Peyton Manning's all-time single-season passing record. After Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, who has the most receiving yards from Patrick Mahomes in his career? Today, Nicole Hardman. B, Sammy Watkins. C, Demarcus Robinson. Or D, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That's tough. Oh, some tough names on this. All of these guys, some are current, some aren't there. I'm going to go with B, Sammy Watkins, because yeah. he put up a ton of yards while Sammy Watkins was on the team. Uh-huh. I think he he resulted in some double teams on Tyreek Hill. It was a big free agent signing when they brought in Sammy uh-huh. Watkins. People thought that was a wild number, yeah. and Sammy Watkins was great. But the answer is A, mm. McCole oh, Hardman. Wow. Hardman has played four seasons with Mahomes. He has caught 150 balls from him and about 2,000 yards. Mm. He also got 15 touchdowns. But take a look at this. This is an interesting Damn, look stat. how fast he is. Just look at how many more receiving yards it's gone to Kelsey oh, and yeah. Hill than everybody else. Mm. Kelsey, 6,300 yards. Tyreek Hill, 4,500. And then Hardman, Watkins right behind about 400 less. And then Demarcus Robinson mm. right after that. But it's been Kelsey all the way. And then, Mah- and then of course, Mahomes went Hill and Hardman. We're doing a little Patrick Mahomes trivia. Okay. Jamie, are you ready for number mm. two? Bring it. Okay. Who is the only other player in NFL history to have multiple seasons with 5,000 passing mm-hmm. yards and 40 touchdowns? Mm. Mahomes has already done it twice. One other player has done it twice. Multiple seasons of 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Dan Marino, or Warren Moon? I'm gonna stay in the in the more current, whatever, I'm going to say sooner than later. I'm going to go B, Drew Brees. Peyton Manning, oh, I I always do this. I say one, I think about the other, and then I go back. B, Drew Brees. Didn't they say in the SATs to go with your first instinct, right? Do they? Yeah, they I did, did terrible on the SATs. Oh, yeah. Jamie's a big college girl. We know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of studies. Breeze? Got me here today. All right. Correct answer Drew Breeze. Hey! Yeah. Hey! Way to go. Breeze had an incredible <laughs> career. I was going through the numbers, guys. My biggest takeaway is Drew Breeze was a gangster. Like, yep. this guy put up huge numbers. Yes. Yeah. 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns 
in back-to-back -back seasons, the only time it's ever been done. And he didn't win MVP in either of yeah. those years, yeah. 2011 and 2012. Guys, Brees set an NFL record in 2012 with his 48th straight game with a touchdown pass. 48 straight, Oof. breaking a mark that was held by Johnny Unitas. He eventually would go on for 54 straight games with a passing touchdown. It's a record that still stands. I don't know if that ever gets broken. Drew Brees had an incredible career. Never was mm. the NFL's MVP, but maybe more importantly, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Mm. But did you know later that week, uh, Vertical Horizon hosted SNL. I, what do you got? Here? What, what are we going to the third category? The year was 2006. Come on, let's go. If you watch our show, you know Kyle just doesn't get a straight trivia question. He gets something involving pop culture, and that's where we're going. Kyle, the night Mahomes won the MVP award, his only MVP award, yeah. our friend Paul Rudd presented the award mm -hmm. while showing that on the back of his suit jacket. Mm -hmm. Mahomes 15. That was the 2019 NFL Honors. Okay. Mm -hmm. So many presenters in the history of NFL Honors. It's one yeah. of our favorite events. Look sure. at Peterson and Vernon Davis. Which duo presented J.J. <laughs> Watt with the Defensive Player of the Year Award when right. he was the unanimous Defensive Player of the Year at the 2015 NFL Honors? Is it A, Michael B. Jordan and Zendaya? Oh my God. Was it B, Edward Norton and the baseball player Ichiro Suzuki? Was it C, Chris Pratt and Andrew Luck? Or was it D, Cosby Show alum Malcolm Jamal Warner and Raven Simone? I like those guys down at D. They had a whole gravy train set up for the rest of their life with residuals, and it was just taken away from them, and it's not their fault. I sympathize with them. Chris Pratt, I don't think it would be him. He's a Seahawks fan, and like Andrew Luck, I can see, be like, uh, I think I helped JJ earn this award a little bit. He, it, it took uh, quite a few times. He kind of had our number. Um, Edward Norton and Ichiro Suzuki. Again, Peter, why are you giving me these Seattle? Uh, Ichiro is a beloved Mariner. Edward Norton seems to take himself pretty serious for NFL honors, which just leaves me. I love that. Edward Norton, too serious for he, NFL he, it honors. He really does. He's like, like a character actor. He's going uh, nothing. He can't do honors. Again? Yeah, but then he shows up and plays like the Incredible Hulk. He'll take the check. Maybe I take that back. Why would Suzuki present? to JJ Watt. Yeah. I didn't, Michael B was everywhere at the time. Zendaya was just starting to explode. I don't know, I'll, I'll go with A. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty cool couple up there. I hope it's them. All right, ESPN can't do this. Fox Sports 1 can't do this. NFL Network it. can do this. We have the footage. Are you about to show me Ichiro? 2015 <laughs> NFL Honors, take it away. For the first time ever, this was a unanimous decision. 2014, AP Defensive Player of the Year is J.J. Watt. It's my coaches and teammates doing unbelievable things. It's trainers and equipment staff. It's people in the cafeteria making food. Lots of food. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's everybody from my elementary school teachers to my high school coaches to my trainers. There, there's just so many people behind the scenes. Lots Pretty awesome. Luck and I wanted to give J.J. his moment. This is going to be J.J. Watt's last NFL game awesome. this weekend. No one's talking about it. J.J. Watt and the Cardinals take on the 49ers in a game. Many people aren't even on their radar. J.J. Watt had 20 sacks that season. He's a unanimous defensive MVP. Watt also caught three touchdowns, mm -hmm. and he finished second in the MVP vote. Oh, that's game. awesome. 
as a defensive player mm. behind Aaron Rodgers. JJ Watt, we love you. Good luck this weekend. Had an amazing career. Yeah. Um, you want to tell Luke Kinkley we love him too? Luke Kinkley. We love you, Luke. Luke does the radio for the Panthers. Oh, that's awesome. Season with Jake Delhomme. Um, <laughs> Jason, are you ready? And Jamie, Kyle for the video clip. Yes. Yeah. In 2011, Drew Brees broke Dan Marino's then 27-year record for single-season mm-hmm. passing yards. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is looking to break what Peyton Manning owns right now. When okay, Brees broke the record, he did it on A, a 14-yard pass to Lance Moore. B, a 9-yard touchdown pass to Darren Sproles. C, a 70-yard screen pass to Chris Ivory. Mm. Or D, to a Hall of Fame top 25 guy and an offensive lineman, a one-yard play at the goal line to Jari Evans. Jamie, you'll go first, then mm. Kyle, then Jason, then we'll see the play. I was really hoping, so I was at the game when Peyton Manning broke it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, come on, give it to me, give it mm-hmm. to me. Not, you didn't go there, you had you to go the first breeze. corner to the now late Ronnie Hillman caught exactly. that Exactly, and it was like a rough start for Peyton yep. to start that game. It was a very not exciting. So I'm going to go not exciting. I'm going to go very benign uh, check down to uh, Darren Sproles. Nine-yard touchdown pass B. Oh, I want, the, I want the, the fireworks. Give me 70 to Chris Ivory. Give me it. I feel like they stopped the game when this happened. I'm going with A. I believe it was a pass to Lance Moore. Okay. I had Sean Payton on my podcast yesterday, and mm-hmm. I asked him about this play. Okay. He says he, Sean Payton, has the ball. Mm. That breeze gave it to him. Mm. Wow. Let's find out who caught that ball. Mike Tirico on the play-by-play. Let's enjoy Split backs, needing seven yards. Breeze throws, end zone, touchdown, and there's the record. That's unbelievable. Drew Breeze in rare air. The all-time single-season NFL passing record. Darren Sproles, oh, great. Three right over the middle. That's unbelievable. It's a nice testament. It is unbelievable that the most accurate quarterback we've seen throws to the smallest guy the smallest in the smallest window. Yep. Darren, it wasn't Colston or Jimmy. 430 yards this weekend. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is our new single season record. Good luck, 430. Patrick. 430. Air it out. That's unbelievable. A guy who is a Hall of Famer and an old friend of the show and also first team all commercial break. This guy's got stories. He has a great hang off the air. And let's bring him on the air. It's Andre Reed. What's up, Dre? How you doing? What's up? Hey, first of all, I want to say, hey, man, that's Jason, not Devin. You guys look the same, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they do look strikingly similar. You guys yeah, got a lot, right? Unfortunately, yes. yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, Andre hit him with a Devin during commercial break. I just went. I just all commercial it. break. We'll figure it out. Listen, Andre, it's it's fun to smile today and laugh with you because, as you know, it's been a very long week. As yeah. a guy who put his body on the line for years and who knows Western New York better than anybody, what's this week? been like for you in the wake of DeMar Hamlin's injury? Well, first of all, we want to give all the the glory to God. God uh, was in complete control of that situation ever since last Monday night. I think everybody feels good. It's a feel-good story. You know, now the team can move forward. Uh, The family has been there, uh, you know, for for DeMar the whole time he was there. Fans, people were donating, people were doing vigils. Very powerful. And just to see that from people who don't even know him. And that's what the power of sport is. We watch it every week. There's a sporting event on TV every week. But we watch it every week and we admire the guys of what they do. But the human part of it is there's a lot of things that can happen in between that. And last Monday night was an example of that. But we all pulled together. We all sat and and realized our own mortality. And uh, we prayed for this young man to make it through this. And we just got the best news yesterday. And he's continuing to to progress. Uh, You know, he was in the woods. I said this yesterday. And he was in in a lot of darkness. And uh, God put some light on him and put some light on everybody. So 
it's a feel good story. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, things are moving forward for him and, and the team can move forward. Yes, we all are. And when things like that happen, everybody's looking to somebody for leadership. Yeah. And for the Buffalo Bills, their leader has been Sean McDermott. He was phenomenal on the field Monday night leading his team, and he's done that all week. How important is it to have someone like Coach McDermott in the locker room for these players? Let me tell you, a coach not only coaches these guys and gets them ready for the game, and, you know, he goes through a lot more than just that. You know, guys talk to him about their problems and uh, family things and all that. This, his head is spinning. And to put that all together, and especially in a situation of what happened Monday night, this, this is a not only a strong man of faith, a strong man, but these players on this team respect him as a person, not just the coach. And what he displayed on Monday night, him and Zach Taylor, what they displayed was phenomenal. And you kind of take the persona of your coach and then the coach takes the persona of you too. And Sean McDermott is that kind of guy. Every time I've talked to him, he's just straightforward. Just, he's just solid. And, and Jason, you know, a coach, you can confide in him in a lot of different ways. Uh, as I said before, in, in family situations where you just need to talk to him. And uh, Sean McDermott has done that for these players. And I'm sure they're grateful for that. Absolutely. Andre, we know what the community means to Buffalo and Bills fans. I know it's helpful for them this morning to see your face. We appreciate your insights on Good Morning Football this morning. Yeah. A great conversation to be had with you, Andre Reid, a legend in Buffalo. Yes. Thank you so Thanks, much Dre. for coming on. Good Thank you, Andre. You. Hey. That's the man right there. Monday's show is going to be awesome, but let's end Friday's show. Uh, it's time to make some picks. We've got hats in front of us. we got them right here, and we're going to have a hat from the matchup, and then we pick whatever hat it is, and we put it on and do whatever we want. Peter, what hats do you have, and who would you like to I'm going to start with the early window on Sunday. Bengals fans are outraged right now with a lot of things that might happen as far as playoff seedings and scenarios go. Guess what? Most of it is moot if you just take care of the Ravens. Hey, Ravens, is Lamar Jackson coming back? Uh, do we know? It's been oh. very quiet and oddly eerily, no updates. I think the Bengals take care of business. I like this hat right here. I like the back of this hat. It just says Paul Brown, the original owner oh, that's really of cool. the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. We saw it. He won a game and a bunch of them in 1970 to take us into the playoffs. I think the Bengals defeat the Ravens and win the AFC North outright and get a home playoff game with no coin tosses involved. Kyle, your thoughts? I like it. looks good on you, the Bengals hat, too. All right, this is not going to be easy. Uh, I have Patriots Bills. Mm. Patriots win the game. You're going to the playoffs. You got a proud team right there. You got a great defense. Uh, and guys, you're not going to believe this. Yeah, you are. 38 to 6, Buffalo. Mm. 38 to 6 in an absolute destruction. I respect the New England Patriots, but I respect a lot of what the Bills are going through, and they have a great team. 38 to 6, mm. Buffalo. I said it three times. I like Jamie. that shot. You mm. two look at that camera over there right now. Bills, Bengals. Look at those hats on those gentlemen. You hold hands. This no, is fantastic. Yeah. If you want, I will. Yeah, yeah. Unity. You're locking fingers. <laughs> yeah. um, we've, I feel like we talked ourselves in circles surrounding this mid Sunday game between Seahawks and the Rams. Rams could play spoiler. There's a lot of storylines here from a news perspective, maybe on Monday. And I think the Seahawks keep themselves oh. alive. I'm big on the Seahawks bandwagon ever since I got yeah, to know yeah, those man. guys in Munich. Cool. Let's go. Somebody needs to. Uh, no. Let's go. Which leads to him well. up, but he won't write Sunday back. Night. <laughs> going with Seattle winning. So if Seattle wins that yes. game, that means the Detroit Lions do not have a chance to get into the playoffs. And Seattle will be rooting for Green Bay to lose because if Green Bay wins, they're in. With all of that being said, these two teams still have to play each other. Mm -hmm. And – 
The Lions' story is Whoa! incredible. And Whoa, I even think if, even if even Seattle if loses, yeah. Dan Campbell has the boys yeah. ready to go, and they play their hearts out. Young team, a lot of young guys, and they're fired up to do it. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. That would be an okay. all-time deal that if the Packers had a win We're against a, a team loss. that's already eliminated and yes. the Lions still beat them. Jason, you really think that could happen? I think it could happen. Mm. I also think maybe the Rams win and maybe they're playing for a little bit more. Mm. I love it. I'm going to see you guys. The Seahawks, Lions, Bengals, Bills. It's, pretty, it's been a week. Has Feels it like September it? with these hats on. <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. What's really great is that that hat fits Kyle's head because it also fits Jason's head. No, it does. These two there's so much be, space in between this hat. I know. He's the opposite end of the spectrum. I look like a little kid wearing a hat. Five and three quarters. Why are you shooting us, Maddie, on social media? <laughs> what is this for? Don't be something. Hey, have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 